0: Right, thanks man. Bye. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity.
1: this thursday august 18th 2016 i'm with rudy garino and we're so happy to have everybody on board today we got a great 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 celebration today <clears throat> and celebration is the right word rudy well first of all we have to start with the ceremonial how are you rudy excellent i woke up <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, uh, to, I never fails to do, get
2: a chuckle. Do. Uh, um, we're do. doing
3: great.
1: Do. I got up too, Rudy. At at sixty nine, oh, I I, I could say I could join the I can join the I got up club. I got
2: up club. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> we got a new term now. The I got up.
0: Club. <laughs>
1: Well, Rudy, we we always have fun, and uh, it's been busy, crazy, wild out here, and, uh, you know, I always talk about the wave and the buzz and my little terms for trying to describe the miraculous things that happen around this miraculous, truly miraculous story, because in my mind, the whole, and everybody else who was there, whether they were an entertainer or a fan or a staff, Everybody knows that a miracle happened between 1967 and 1977, and that miracle was the sugar shack and everything that went on in and around and about. And uh, so another miracle in my mind happened this week. So I talk about this wave that, you know, this whole thing has come in waves. You know, we get this big rush, and then all of a sudden things kind of quiet down and nothing gets active, but we persevere we do our podcast and then we get miracles like <clears throat> you know uh Mr. Howard Bruce Howard uh I got 2 months ago called up and when everybody else had left the show and then said that he had uh hung around Jay Leno when Jay Leno was at the club so that and I was ready to sign off the show so we got that miracle and then we got the week before we had uh uh, J- uh Jay Harvey tell us that he and Leno get together once in a while and so that led to getting Jay Leno's email and his secretary etc so you know he's agreed to be in the film so that's another miracle and then uh, to get connected with uh, 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 Jackie Wilson's son and to have him agree to do an upcoming shoot when he's together with David Ruffin's son and Lou Rawls Jr um, is another miracle and then this week and then we had the miracle of Sonny, Crazy Man Sonny Lovelace two weeks ago, and then we got a miracle this week. So I'll let I'm going to shut up, and you can talk about what happened because you were there in Vegas when we got the uh, got the word.
2: Well, what happened is Susanna called and was was all excited. The uh, the funny part of it, the uh, cool of the gang were going to do the interview and uh, then all of a sudden my daughter says well he has limited mobility so they said we don't care wherever he is we'll go we'll go to him (laughs) that was amazing. that that was a funny thing I thought that was very nice of them to say that and uh, so we're going to try Arizona Charlie's and we're up close by, and uh, we're going to see if uh, we're waiting for the the actual time and the actual date from Susanna, and then
1: uh, everything is a go. <laughs> well, this gets down back to <clears throat> the same old, I don't know how you want to say it, not fight, but uh, same old argument once in a while that we get into of What's the story about? And you say, well, it's all about the club and the celebrities. And I say, well, yes, it is. But it's also about Rudy Garino. So the fact that after 50 years, four of the original Cool and the Gang members are going to take time out of their schedule, which obviously must be a busy schedule, to come across town and hang out with Rudy Garino speaks volumes of who Rudy Garino is, the man, the promoter the club owner, the the man who connected to all these groups, not only there but later on, because you got their first date in uh, Vegas at the Sahara, correct?
2: Right, at the Sahara Hotel.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Rudy, this is uh, the, the connections here. Steve Jobs always talks about, he says, you never know where the dots in your life are going to connect looking forward, but when you look back, it all makes sense. And, you know, I, I'm just you know, speechless over this. I mean, this just speaks volumes to who you are and how much people, every act we talk to or talks about how they, not just the acts, but the fans, um, you know, everybody talks about their love for Rudy Garino because the Sugar Shack was about love and family. And so the fact that these guys are coming to, to hang out at, the, at the Charlie's, and to be filmed is huge. It's it's like the Beatles getting back together. <laughs> I'm I'm so psyched, and uh, I'm coming out, Rudy. I'm coming out there. I'm gonna. I want to be there for this. And that's the good news. My daughter told me yesterday yeah.
2: that you confirmed the need a role. So that's great. That's great. We'll have a lot of. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is um this is uh, I'm speechless. I mean, everybody I tell is so happy and excited uh about this. Um you know, the fact in the fact that we can record this and put it up. I mean, this builds the documentary. This takes it to the next level. And like I keep saying, the more people we add, the more celebrities and the more shoots like this um okay. You know, and we had that beautiful meeting. It reminds me of the meeting we had with Tavares when we had the whole family together but for one. And they <laughs> were so all dressed in their their stage outfits, and they talked about you uh, endlessly, what you did for them and the connections. And, <laughs> and uh, Butch talked about the night you kidnapped them when <laughs> would to let them leave. What was it? The twelve hundred of Beacon Street. (laughs) Yeah, the motel. That's still there, Tom. I don't think so, is is it? No, no, it's there. It's there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so anyway, we the miracles continue, and I called my buddy yesterday, and he was so gracious. George Albrecht. I'm going to give him a shout out right now. George was sweet enough to get me tickets. And the funding to come out there, and uh, then also we have a shot at getting Bootsy at at the event as well, Bootsy Collins.
2: Yeah, trying to see Bootsy because I want to find out if they uh, they're supposed to uh, record the album there, and uh, they can't find they can't seem to find it. That was uh, when Chuck uh, was trying to trace it, trace right. where the album.
0: Right.
1: Right, yeah. the one that yeah James record James Brown recorded live at the Sugar Shack.
0: Yeah, that would be a
1: great, uh, oh
0: great thing, God, to... Rudy.
1: With that, oh my God, what a what a phenomenal to release that now would be just help us out so immensely on this whole project. So, uh, so get fun? ready, cause I, yeah, so get ready, Rudy. I'm coming back out there. I'll be out there next week. Oh we
2: we'll yeah, look well,
1: forward uh, to Labor Day weekend. Although, Susanna's going up to try and get Stevie Wonder. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And now that we're talking about those kind of things, we also got, um, I was, I was, I got a notice from uh, one of the ticket companies, Ticketmaster or something, about upcoming events. And Diana Ross is coming, I mean, um, <clears throat> I always say that. Gladys Knight is coming back to Lynn October first at the Lynn Auditorium. In uh, yeah, Lynn. Yeah, show. I mean it's a, Yeah, she's got she's gonna do a public show at the Lynn Auditorium. Okay, the who she with? All alone? No, she's all alone. Oh, she's all alone.
2: Well, she gives us yeah, a hot not, time. I don't know about her,
1: know but we'll try. On there, but, well, you know, I, I'm gonna to try to work my magic. I'll, uh, I'll contact the venue. I'll, uh, I'll really put a push on. You know, we've been lucky every time that we've done this. You know, we, we, you know, we got peaches and Herb, and, um, you know, we, we have a way. We have a way. We have a way to get to people, and, you know, maybe she'll reconsider that she's here. You know, and we won't give up. Um. And, and Lou, right? And Lou oh, Raglin said cool. he. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go Lou on, Ragland said he knows Butch. He says Lou Raglin says he knows Butch very well.
2: Not so Butch. Uh, uh, would, would be
1: able.
2: No, uh, her brother. The, what's
1: his name? I guess. The I nephew. Can't uh, yeah, no, not Butch. Uh, oh. oh God, what's his name? Uh, he yeah, was Bubba. one of the. Fifth. Yeah, Bubba. Yeah. Yeah, papa 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 Knight. That's our brother. Yeah, he yeah, he's the clown, he's the funny one. And uh so yeah. he says he'll be able to contact him. So we'll, you know, where well, there's a will there's a way, Rudy. We keep getting miracles, my friend. This is this is this thing with the uh, kool and the gang is big. I mean, Rudy, imagine that footage up on the on the screen during the Oscars. <laughs> it's unbelievable, I know. It. Well, it's
2: uh, unbelievable. It's a, Go ahead. Let's hope we can put Gladys Knight away, and you got uh, Lou Rawls' kid and uh, Jackie Wilson's David kid. kid. Yep, and, and David, David Ruffin's, Ruffin's kid. kid. Yeah. And, so you uh, got. The, you'll have a good. Uh, you're getting close to close to
1: getting them all. You'll have to have a yep.
2: series.
1: well that's what um, we found out now is that we've got enough to make you know I was just telling uh, Rick Dumont who's the new documentarian and uh, co-director of the film that uh, you know what's going on and I said uh, you know every time you turn around there's another story somewhere where you know uh, I was just telling him about Henry Vara and I mean we have Rudy, it goes on and on and on. We 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 want to record Bill Blumenrite. We want to record Henry Vara. We want to. You know, if this is not only the side stories about. Okay, so the Sugar Shack was going on. So what was the other nightclub scene in Boston? You know, um, I'd like to get a hold of um, God. What's his name? Ooh, he's now. He. Uh, oh, that's right on the tip of my tongue. He's running Scholars in Boston, and he runs the Boston Globe Jazz Festival. He owned Jack uh, Jazz Workshop in Paul's Mall. Um, oh God, you know who I mean. Uh, do you remember who the the owner was for the Jazz Workshop in Paul's Mall? No, I
2: don't. I I know the the
1: booker there was. Uh, did he own it? Uh, yeah. What was his name? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna Google it in a second. And, uh, I can Yeah, I'll get it. I'll find it here. Here we go. Uh, let's see. Why is this a problem? Um problem? Yeah, okay, hang on. Uh, yeah, uh, I know his name, like the back of my hand, all that stuff. But uh, <laughs> let me just do a little search. Um, uh, scholars. Can't come up sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> so, so I got to do a, my comedy bit. I want to uh, talk about uh, the fact that people call me up to tell me, "Oh, you know that guy. You know that movie. You know that guy." And God, we spend hours trying to figure out who that guy is or that woman is. And uh, but here, yeah, let me just put. Um,
2: Fred Taylor. Fred
1: Taylor. Fred Taylor. Fred. <laughs> got it. You got yeah. it. There we go. We don't need Google. Fred Taylor, absolutely. So Came we want to, me to me talk to.
2: I'm trying
1: to get another. Yeah, yeah.
2: You know, did when he thing it?
1: just leads. I know yeah. he was a booking agent. Uh, did he own the club too? I thought he owned it. Yeah, but you're right. I mean, he was the booking. He booked all those acts, and he still books. You know, once in a while, he'll book the Manhattans at, uh, I, in fact, I should go and look at their schedule, because occasionally he has the Manhattans at his new club, Scholars, the one he manages at, uh, at the Doubletree Hotel there, in um, just across from Cambridge in Alston. And then, what does he have, a restaurant called Stella's? Yeah, there's a restaurant in the club. It's an actual nightclub called Scholars. It's a, it's the only there's two jazz clubs left. There's Scholars and then there's a Regatta Bar. Oh. And, uh, yeah, and he runs Scholars and he does you know like once in a while he'll have the Tower of Power there. He'll have uh, the Manhattan. So he'll bring back some of the I know years ago I saw Nancy Wilson there. Um, so he brings in some very very big acts, some big names. And, uh, of course, you know, it's so funny, I saw the Manhattans there, and you're always hoping that you're going to catch a glimpse of the Sugar Shack again, but no. (laughs) I mean, the acts are great, but no, no. Nothing has nothing has or ever will have the magic that existed at the uh, Sugar Shack. I mean, that was and it wasn't just about as powerful as the axe, were, it wasn't just about the axe, It was about the whole gestalt, the whole atmosphere, the fans, the, 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 the characters, the pimps, the, the, the whole deal, the, the costumes. Uh, God, you know, we, we could do a whole episode of people just talking about uh, Tony the tailor. <laughs> right? I mean, that's everybody said. Everybody, Tony got more business because of the sugar shack. Because that was, some pe- people used to say they'd go down to Tony's in the beginning of the week and have that suit delivered for Friday night. Yeah. yeah you know, that's how much of an event, you know, you, the Sugar Shack was the showpiece of every style and fashion that was in the, in the black community at the time. Just amazing. So, uh, so yeah, so we're still, uh, you know, Susanna, she, she, every time I get a call from Susanna, I'm just, uh, you know, w- waiting for some great news. And, of course, this, this is just fantastic news. Uh, and it, it's yeah. going to be a major part of the film. You, you'll re- this is the first time that we've been able to get the acts. I mean, you had the OJs with you, some of the, um, you know, Former members of the O.J.s a couple of weeks ago, but this is really something.
2: Well, I can't wait to see the old kids again. Just imagine well, you know, fifty it, years ago,
1: it, teenagers. Rudy, just, you know, Rudy, how, how? I mean, it, 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 it it's beyond words. It's beyond words what has happened in the past year and a couple of months since we started this whole thing. Um, this is just, you know, I mean, it's, <laughs> I told somebody this week, not only will we get an Oscar, but we're going to be on the Oprah show. <laughs> <laughs> That's That's sure having in my vision. I mean, are you kidding me? Oprah would love this story.
2: Oh yeah, uh, any uh, especially uh, you know the, the people that are like her that are in the she was in the rhythm and blues and all that movie star that kind of yep. music
1: that kind of yep.
2: music everybody loves
0: yeah
1: so uh, so anyway um, like I said my head is still trying to. You know, I was fortunate enough to call my buddy, and, you know, we're working on the tickets and the hotel. You think you can uh, get us a room at the Arizona Charlie's, right?
2: Yeah. Who's coming? Just you? Who's
1: coming? Just you? No, no, I have a guest coming. I have a a female companion coming. I'll explain that later. That's another miracle. That's another Sugar Shack gift. Okay. All
2: right.
0: So, uh,
1: we found a composer. We found someone who's willing to compose some music for the documentary.
2: Oh, is that right?
1: Yeah, she's a sweet gal. And she's going to, I got her a ticket as well. So, she's going to be coming out. And uh, it'll be a great time. We're going to have a great, great time. It'll be a great show. We're going to have a lot of fun again. that's (laughs) That's right. <laughs> you know, again, Rudy. You know, this story—the story of the of the making of the documentary—is a story unto itself. And you know, I mean, think of, uh, you know, think of our friend Skippy White, who has been so gracious. I mean, there's a couple of episodes to uh, a continuing documentary right there.
2: Yeah. That's
1: right. Steve, uh,
0: Skippy.
1: Yeah. he got a great point so Oh yeah, he's a great resource. I mean, he really knows music. In fact I was just thinking, what do you think? Uh you up for talking to him? We can give him a little call. We'll bring him up to date on the news. You up for that?
2: Yeah, Andy I'm
1: up Rudy? for anything. You Yeah, let me call yeah, let me call him. Let's let's uh, I think he'll get a kick out of this news. Yeah, he's become a regular on the show here. Let's do this. Uh, uh, this is fun. You know, the more I learn about, it, I, I told you that the show went to high fidelity, but I haven't had time to play with it yet. So, uh, it's they've re- redone, they've added a new technology to this Blog Talk Radio. So we're gonna. and They told me it's gonna take some work because I'm gonna have to re-upload all of the songs we have, which is about fifty songs, Rudy. We've got oh. 60, 60 songs on the playlist, but they told me I'm going to have to put them back in, in order to hear them in high fidelity. But uh, that's okay. I'll, I'll go to work at it. And so here I'm going to call. Uh, I'm calling uh, Skippy right now, and that's just kind of fun. Let's see. Call failed. It does not answer. Maybe he's, maybe he's stay on vacation this week. Who knows? Yeah, he was. It's not. It's not going through. Well, see, right, if we'll
2: you got some see if you got we'll some cool in the it. game. Yeah. yeah let's go yeah, with let's
1: some That's exactly right. Exactly right. Of course we do. Well uh let's I love this one. I love this uh ladies' night. Here we go.
0: So I guess I gotta get out of this. here we go, yeah.
1: Through YouTube right now. Oh my God, the hits that these guys have is just incredible, isn't it?
2: Oh, yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable.
1: I tell you, you, they drew
2: drew 900 people the first day they worked there. 900. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) We had to play so (laughs) stuff, wouldn't believe it. And a dollar had they. 900 people for three shows. They did three shows, though. That's that's why uh, we were able to turn over turn over some of the people because uh, you know they saw the show or some of them saw two shows, and uh, it was so crowded that a lot of people were trying to get out of there instead of trying to get in. We had a we what? had people trying to get out, people trying to get in. It was unreal. Unbelievable. And
1: people. Unbelievable. just how
2: we're handling a thousand people and not a problem. Unbelievable. What a boy. You
1: know, it just, it makes me I sad. I'm, I mean, it makes me, makes me, you know, thrilled that we're going over these times and time, but it makes me sad to think that those days are gone. I mean, we just, you know, there's no such thing as that anymore, an event like that happening in town that drew that many people. And, you know, when we talk to the black community, you know, they, they all acknowledged that this was the first time they had a presence in a club in downtown Boston.
2: That's right. It,
1: was, it turned out to be their club. Yeah. Yeah. And And... and- And, Rudy, before and after, it's never happened since. It's what? It didn't happen before, and it hasn't happened afterward, 50 years later.
2: Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. It still won't happen again, I think.
1: It won't happen again. You know, and Rudy, Rudy, you think we got a story here? (laughs) I'm being rhetorical. (laughs) I think we've got just an amazing It's amazing, amazing that, story. I never, that,
2: that we never filmed those
1: events. It's amazing. Yeah, well, you know, we didn't think video in those days. I mean, video didn't happen till well, you're right. It did happen in the 70s, and when people had video no, they, cameras, I'm surprised. Oh,
2: they didn't have the camera, video camera, but they had the video things. Uh, not video cameras, but uh,
1: they had regular,
3: you
2: know, right. filming, uh, I don't know what you would call it. Yeah
1: TVs, yeah, TVs had the cameras. Well, yeah, yeah let me...
2: Um... Clock, uh, Dick Clark. he filmed everything. That's why he made a lot of money.
1: Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Yeah, royalties, you know. Um... So here, I just uploaded a brand new song, and it's got a label on it, Hi-Fi. I don't know if that's, we called in, we didn't call in. I got to call in a different way to get Hi-Fi, but let's listen to it. Maybe it's got a little better sound quality. We'll see. There we go. This is. uh, Somebody said that this song was written with uh, Johnny Carson's wife in mind. His, His wife's name was Joanna. Right. And um, they had a... Did you hear that too, that this song was related to that?
2: No, no, but I remember one of his wife's names was Joanna.
1: Yeah. All right, well here, let's see. uh, Let's listen to it. Let's see how this sounds. Some of the stats for these guys on the views on YouTube. Two years ago, they had a 40th anniversary show, Rudy. Yeah, where? I don't know. I didn't click on it to see where it was. Rudy, over a billion views. A billion views? A billion billion views. Yeah, the 40th anniversary special. The films are up on YouTube, the entire concert. 40 billion views. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That's that's only two years ago, Rudy. That's how big these guys are still. It's
2: unbelievable. That's incredible. That's incredible. I mean, you look... Yeah, they I mean, it. you know, I got I got a picture of them on the stage there. If you can look it up on the Facebook, wow. I remember I got one of their shots on stage. Wow! What a you know I mean, what a nice,
1: how many times? Did, how many times did you have them?
2: I don't know. I don't know. I can't. I got to. I mean, up obviously more than once, right?
1: Obviously more oh, than yeah.
2: once.
0: Yeah, yeah. At least
1: more than once. My God. I don't know why I didn't see them. I uh, you know, mostly saw the OJs. That's crazy. Well they
2: came around the late uh I think uh early seventies.
1: Right, right. I, I don't was think they were kids at that time. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't think they yeah. were there in the
1: sixties. I think they came around
2: the 70s. Well, forty years, go back forty years is uh I don't know, do the math. But uh, yeah, I think they came in the
1: early 70s. Okay. Amazing. And uh, they, uh, yeah, you're talking billions of (laughs) views. I mean, it's it's,
2: it's uh, still, all the acts are still going. It's amazing that the ones that are still living are still
1: going. and, And how fortunate is that for us to be able to have the acts? still doing this and uh we're able to um unable to see them again and uh, to do this this is again this, is, this defies you know what one of my friends has a great way of talking about things like this He says he calls it uh, uh beyond a formula there's no formula that can explain this crazy things that have happened here um
0: yeah
2: well
1: it just goes to I show like... the, mag- the magic that all those groups
2: had. That they're
1: still going. Oh, God, yeah. Exactly, right. you know okay. I mean? Roof. We had them all
2: on the one roof, and they're still going.
1: <laughs> I know. That's that's the thing. I mean, that's... Oh, oh, look, it came up. Get down on it. Let's play Get Down on It, all right? Yeah. Here we go. All right.
4: Do? You want to get down? Tell me. Oh, what you gonna do? Do you wanna get down? Oh, what you gonna do? You wanna get down?
1: Some memories?
0: <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah. It's
2: unreal, unreal boy. I tell you the truth. It's amazing. The memories well, come back. You just keep thinking, uh all the fun we had and everything and at the end of the night
1: yeah,
2: and... without an explosion or a fight or <laughs> 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 and I know
1: exactly. You and I talk about it all the time. And when I crawled back up them stairs last night, every night, and made it out onto Boylston Street and made it to my car, and we, my wife and I headed home, I'd look at her and go, whew. <laughs> Not only did we have a good time, but we're safe. <laughs> we
2: used to go to the 1200, the 1200 Motel and celebrate. Like, every night was a celebration. <laughs>
1: But added, added the amazing drama to it. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, just you know, my passion for this is, you know, so so deep that, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I mean, I sit here thinking, you know, it was a dream to someday maybe make a movie about this and then to have it actually happen and happen to me and to, you know, reconnect with you and do this week. And, you know, Rudy... Nothing, anything good, anything good doesn't come without a lot of work. You know? Right. Somebody told me once, yeah, somebody told me once, miracles don't come cheap. And, That's uh, true. and this thing, is. this has been a lot of work, Rudy, <laughs> but it's a labor of love.
2: It was a lot of work to get it off the ground, and then after, it was like, uh, this is an amazing thing. The agents couldn't rush to give me an act. <laughs> they used the fight for the dates. <laughs> it was unbelievable.
1: Yeah, you know, and it was more than money because every, every act we talked to, none of, not one of them mentioned that it was about the money. The only thing they'd say about the money is that with Rudy, you never had to worry. You knew you were always getting in. I mean, these other club owners had reputations for, you know, not, for short t- changing these guys for jipping them, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, and it was uh, that didn't happen, right? That didn't happen with you.
2: Oh, it's like you say, it's a rough road
1: getting there,
2: but uh, miracles don't happen uh, easy or whatever, but uh, we right. uh. We got through it. I mean, we had a rough road holding on and getting there. But that was uh, wow. I could take credit for that because my 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 sole purpose was to go after that soul music and the soul club. So uh, I even took big chances. Like my friend Joe well, Rudy, told me. You
1: know, yep, you did take big chances and You know, and and the way I'm going to tell this story, when this finally gets up on the screen, we're going to show a clip. We're going to get the rights to a clip from the Al Jolson story and uh, maybe even get an actor showing you at that age watching the film and how you got the inspiration at that time. Something started a spark in you that you knew you wanted to go in and move from – the business you were in to uh, show business. And then that whole thing with Jerry Vale coming along and uh, bringing you out. I mean, it was, I'm a big believer in destiny, Rudy. I believe that we all have a story and you have a choice whether to follow the story or be miserable. And boy, things came along that helped that story happen, brought you right to that club I mean, it's a great story. We bring you to the barn in Miami, in Wayne Cochran, and the rest is history.
2: And Jackie Gleason says the same thing I said. Oh, I
1: I we'll to... see... Exactly. Jackie. We'll have to get the rights to that. Yeah, we'll get the rights to that clip, too. This is going to be a phenomenal documentary. God willing, yeah, that could be... God willing, we
2: because you got a lot of famous people, you know. Jackie who was thinking the same way. Hal Jolson got off exactly. the ground. I mean, yep. uh, these are not uh, slouches. No, it's
1: unbelievable. And we got to go down and yeah, we got to go down and interview Wayne, and uh, that's another one of our projects. Uh, like I said, this is a docu series, Rudy. Docu series. One after yeah, the other after the other. There's
2: so, so many Sugar stories. Jack's home box office. The whole yeah. box office. Thing. You know, like uh, the Sopranos in a different way, you know, in a musical way.
1: You know? Well, the lady hey, that I'm bringing...
0: You know, the lady that I'm pl-
1: bringing... To- yeah, you could do
2: like a Sugar Shack nightclub and uh, and every week to the... The different acts and the different stories around the acts.
0: Exactly.
1: The, uh, you know, we yeah, we got a little money going on this. Because uh,
2: that, that, that was the thing. Uh, you know something, uh, the way the country's going today, everybody's bitter and everybody's angry at each other. The Sugar Shack baby could uh, pump some uh, goodness in into something.
0: <laughs>
1: well, we talk about it every week, Rudy. I mean, this this couldn't be here at the right time. And this is why not only do I have an Oscar in sight, but now I got Oprah in sight. And by the way, just as an aside, the lady that I'm bringing to, who I just met, I haven't even met her yet. I've met her over the phone. And... Uh, We've been talking for a couple of weeks now. The lady that I'm bringing to Las Vegas, her godmother is one of the former Supremes.
2: Oh, that's good. Queen.
1: <laughs> <Sweet. laughs> so the story goes on and on and on. Um, I, yeah, how I about missed we. Uh, go ahead.
2: I missed him. Uh, well, they they became yeah. big, but they were in town. they were in town before I opened at the Basin Street.
1: Right, exactly. The club
2: Basin Street before I opened, and uh, right. yeah, I, um, I uh, they were one of the few acts that got away from me. Then, Rita Franklin became big, and uh, Robin Gaye. Bob and Jay yeah. went to Europe. Well, the Temptations—they broke up, but I got the two lead oh, yeah, singers. Yeah.
1: That's right. That's right. That's yeah, they—they
2: right. they were still around, and I got the two. And Otis Redding died. Died. Uh, you know, had a terrible, terrible accident. Yeah.
1: Well, there's very few. There's very few that got away, Rudy. Very few. You got the rest of them. All right.
2: I got
1: most of them. Oh boy, I'm really hoping that Gladys uh, breaks down and let us grab a few minutes with her and Lynn.
2: Yeah. You know, again, I you think
1: know, I think it's destiny. It's destiny she's coming back, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Believe me when I tell you, five, ten minutes, and then they might get carried away, and it goes on and on. You know, you never know how long it could be. like.
1: Exactly. But, uh, well, it's like they told us, Right, they told us the night of the O.J.'s five minutes. That's all you got, and it was a half an hour. All
2: right. See, that's what you got to look for. You can't say I want to be a half hour. This is that five to ten all minutes. Right. Uh, your stories of the Sugar Shack, and uh, that's it. That's
1: it. Hey, listen, I got a Bootsy Collins song. You want to play this? Yeah, go ahead. Shoot. Here we go. All
0: right.
4: I'll never be with you until I'm through, oh yes I do, I'll never be with you until I day, will fly
3: away.
2: Hey Rudy,
1: yeah, Rudy, we got Skippy on yes, the hey. line, Skippy, Skippy oh, White, Skippy. hey Skippy, hey Boston, doing, America, hey well, Skippy,
2: Skippy White, famous,
5: How's it how going? It. Great, great. It's going good, Rudy.
2: That's great. That's great. It's amazing. You still got that record shop, huh?
5: Still got it. Amazing. Uh, after fifty-five years, we're still open for business. <laughs>
2: we were just we were just talking about Cool the Gang, and they're still going strong. And uh, after almost fifty years,
5: <laughs> I got a funny I got a funny story to tell you about Cool the Gang. I don't think I told you this story before, but uh, back when I had the store at uh, Northampton Station uh, on Washington Street, right near the corner of Mass Avenue, now the store was not a big store, uh, but it did have two counters, one on each side as you came in, and in the middle was the whole tray of where we would keep the albums for people to look at. Don't forget, this is the vinyl days now, not not CDs or, or cassettes. So right. when you came in the store, basically there was only two ways to go. You either had to go left and be on the left side, where it's in between the counter where the help is, and the the uh, the, the where we kept the LPs on display, or you go to the right side. Now on the right, uh, on back of that counter, we had uh, in those days the eight tracks. And uh, people that wanted uh, tape would come over to the right side. Well, at any rate, to make a long story short, uh, they called me up from the uh, record company and the promotion people, and they said, "We got Cool in the gang wants to come down your store." So I said, "All right, go ahead, send them down." You know, we, they said, uh, "You know, I got the promo man and the guy from the distributor and the record uh, label, and uh, they'll come, you know, and uh, bring Cool." Uh, so I said, "All right, you know, that's fine." So here comes the whole kit and caboodle of cooling Again. There's about eight or nine of them, plus there's the promo guy, plus there's the guy from the distributor, plus there's the guy from the label. There's like 12 of them. Well, Rudy, when you put 12 people in that store, the place is jammed. You can't put anybody else in there. So they came in, and, and, and I'm, I'm looking at them. i say, you're filling up my store. How the hell can I do any business? <laughs> nobody can nobody can come in because there's 12 people in the store and the place is jammed so I had to tell them very nicely thanks for coming by I really appreciate it we love your records we sell your records but bye <laughs> I had to get rid of them as quickly as I could
2: i am telling you a story relating to that I was doing the shows at the Sahara Hotel here in Vegas you know and uh, the owner tells me, Do you know Cool and the guest? I says, Do I know them? I says, Why? What do you want? He says, Let's book them. I says, Okay. So I call up Cool and I book them. And the story was they needed, Are you on? Are we on?
5: Say what? Are we on? I believe we're on, I can hear you I can hear you okay, okay yeah. Rudy. I don't know if i I'm hoping that we're on. are we on uh, Tom?
2: yeah, I'm on anyway all right, so uh Paul Lavin was his name. I says you got him I but uh you don't mind that traveler when they need nineteen rooms. you he know, just cancel them cancel them. nineteen rooms. <laughs> he says, "Only on stage." He says, "What do they need nineteen rooms for?" And I says, "Well, that's a popular group. I says they, they uh, carry a big entourage." I says, <laughs> <laughs> "I says, well, what's the difference in the room? You got over a thousand He says, "Rudy, let me tell you a story. You never know who's coming in and occupying a room." what kind of money they're carrying. He says, we had a guy that used to come with a suitcase and blow 250000 a day every time he came. Oh, so I said, well, well, I can see that, you know. I said, but that's all right if you want to cancel. No, no. Then he changed his mind. He says, all right, let's go with them. They brought you to more
5: money for the rooms than you paid Cool the Gang.
2: <laughs> I forgot what I gave them. But they tore the house down, and uh, right away, Caesar's Palace snatched them up and grabbed them, and uh, that was the end of that story. But it well, reminds that's, that's me That's
5: when they started getting real big money, right?
2: It's, it reminded me of the crowd that they carry with them, like you said. They, they crowded the whole store. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
5: oh, it was too many people. There too many people oh, were calling the gang. That's quite a gang. That's why they call it the cool and the gang. It, they
2: bring and, a gang. And here's another story. They, they agreed to do the documentary uh, this week. They're at the, I mean, next week they're at the, the Arlene's Auditorium with okay. Bootsy Collins. And oh, uh, the publicist says, we want to go with, no, my daughter says, uh, my dad is in a wheelchair. He's got a limited mobility. So they they come back, who says wherever he is, we'll go, we'll go the way he is. That uh. was funny, <laughs> so they're coming to, I'm, i live next door to one of the casinos, so they're gonna meet me there,
5: okay, and we're, gonna, okay.
2: we're gonna we're gonna film them. Tom's coming out too for the occasion.
5: oh great, okay,
2: that so that's funny. Like a great time, yeah. That's funny. That that is really they gave the right name. Cool and the gang. They are a gang.
5: <laughs> that's a big gang. That's for sure. Now, did I ever tell you the story about uh, Bootsy Collins when he came to the store?
2: No, no, good shoot.
5: Uh, all right. Well, that was up in the Mattapan Square store, and uh, we had had several uh, in-store appearances by uh, some some other people, some of the rappers, U T F O. Uh, uh, the Fat Boys and uh, some other people. Anyways, we got uh, um, a, a time with with the radio station, and the record company had called, and they wanted to set up uh, this in-store with uh, Bootsy Collins. And Bootsy was very popular at the time. He had had, you know, a, a couple of really big hits. So um problem was that the cat got out of the bag, because I think W-I-L-D uh, announced it on the air, which they really shouldn't have, because we just wanted to have Bootsy in there. But we wouldn't, we didn't want a lot of publicity, because you, you get too much publicity, you get too many people. So wow. at any rate, we we brought we brought Bootsy in, and I brought him into the back room. Now there was no rear exit in that store. The the only way you could get in or out was through the front door. So we had a there was a curtain back there that divided the back room from the front of the store, and what happened was there's all kinds of people milling about, and it ended up that um, we got a lot of people in the store, and we finally had to shut them down, and we had to to lock the door and say, no more people, we, we just can't have anybody else in here. Well, what happened was we finally get ready to bring Bootsy out of the back room through the curtains, and I go down and I get him. And when I bring them up, I brought them up in back of the counter. And the, the people that are in, that came, the, all the fans, they all surge forward. And now the counter is coming down on us. They're knocking the counter <laughs> over against us. There was about four of us plus Bootsy. And we, we had to hold up the counter from coming down on us. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't know how I got through that one but I did. <laughs>
2: you know, I never had him at the club alone, but he came there when uh, James Brown was there. He was oh, really? the leader of the band.
3: Oh.
5: Well, he yeah. was uh he was with um the second coming of the James Brown band, the JBs. When when uh, yeah. James Brown fired the original members of the JBs, uh then he went and he got Bootsy's band. Yeah. Um I forget the name of what Bootsy called his band at that time, but he had his own band and James Brown hired Bootsy Collins and his band to become the new JBs.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That yep. reminded me of uh what's your name? That, that story when we had Wilson Pickett. Uh-oh. We couldn't people and we were stuffed up to the up to the stairway. And I says, close the door, close the door, let's lock the door. But to stay there with the key just in case of an emergency. Yeah. The people outside, they went right through the glass door. The glass came tumbling down the stairs. (laughs) They went right through the
3: door.
2: The fans went right through the door. I can't believe it. The glass went flying all over the place. Luckily, nobody got hurt.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I'll see. You were lucky on that one. Uh, well, Pickett was wow. popular. There's no doubt about it. Pickett was something else. You know, I, I did a TV show with uh, Wilson Pickett on Channel Seven, uh, the old Channel Seven. This was back in in the seventies. I would say probably early early seventies. I'm going to guess maybe seventy two or three something like that. And they had a moderator. I don't even remember his name now. And the subject of the the, the discussion was, what is soul? And so Wilson Pickett and I bandied it back and forth. And we talked about, you know, what soul meant to us. And it was interesting uh, thing. As a matter of fact, uh, Channel 7 re-aired it a number of times. And of course, then they got sold. They changed ownership. So I don't know where the tapes are now.
2: Oh, that's wow. good. Uh, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. That is uh, interesting.
5: Well, we had
2: some fun days in those days, huh, Skippy?
5: No doubt about it. We had a lot of fun in those days. It was a completely different business than it is today. And yeah, uh, you... we, we did. We really en- we enjoyed the music. We enjoyed the personalities. And uh, we just had a good time.
2: Can you believe the way the the racist thing uh, is going on today, and everybody at That's each other's throats? In
3: yeah, those days,
5: we never, never knew what racism was. I never heard no. of the word. <laughs>
3: we never had that
5: problem. I mean, you you probably in, in at the uh, sugar shack. You probably have fifty percent black, fifty percent white.
2: Yeah, uh,
5: all mixing it up, right? Right, right. We had
2: gangsters. We had the college kids. We had the pimps. We had boosters. Everybody and everybody had a good time. Nobody. Yeah. We never had a fight there. And I used to sit on needles and pins, figuring that one of the wise guys would turn around and pick on a sucker just to <laughs> show his, But it never happened. It's like a cop. It's like a cowboy movie. You go into the bar and the uh, the the bad guy wants to pick on a sucker and the good guy comes to his rescue you know
5: right now you never had a, <laughs> a shooting or a stabbing or anything like that uh, in the club did you
2: never what, what I had was uh the Campbell brothers you remember them
5: no i don't think so were were they, they were gangsters they were sort of gangsters or what
2: yeah, they had a church out there. They got a grant, and they ended up shooting two or three people over the grant and over the money.
5: Uh-oh. The
2: gamble. Yeah, they were real bad, and they were in the club. They never frequented the club often, but one day they were in there. Yeah. And my bartender told them and they were getting out of line. My bartender told him, "Hey, listen, I'm going to call Rudy here. If you want to you want to straighten this thing out, he'll straighten it up." And uh, my boss has a call to say, the Campbell brothers are up. And he says, You better get out here. (laughs) I said, Oh, oh, buster. I said to myself, Let me go. And I went down there. And uh, before you know it, they were going out. They were leaving. (laughs) And yeah, as I got down there, they were out the door. But as they were going out the door, they fired. They fired two, three shots in the in the ceiling.
5: That was the the only. They didn't hit anybody, right? No, in the ceiling on the way out
2: the door up the stairs. Oh, okay. So at least nobody got hurt or killed. No, no,
5: no. (laughs) Right. Well, that was good. Do you know who my uh, landlord was uh, back in the day when I had uh, the store downtown? Washington Street, I was opposite E.M. Lowe's Center Theater. The store was called Oldies But Goodies Land, and my landlord were the Bolero Brothers. Remember the Bolero Brothers? Oh, yeah.
3: I
2: remember them. (laughs)
5: I'm sure you
2: do. (laughs) I got a a little history with them. Yeah. Was that right? Yeah. I was... uh, I used to go to Ken's at night. Do you remember Ken's restaurant? Oh,
5: certainly. I remember I used to hang at uh, Ken's uh, all the time, every weekend, Friday and Saturday.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I was there every night around 1 o'clock, I think. And I used to go there a little early, so I'd get a round table in the back. Yep. So one day, uh, you know, because I didn't drink, and so uh, I used to leave the clubs and go there uh just to secure the, the table, because there's always a line. Yeah. And uh, one day, the Valero, Joe Valero, comes in with his uh, younger brother, and he comes up to the table, and he says, Hey, I know how do you get this table every night? How do you get in before the crowd and this and that? Oh. Before you, I says, I come a little early, and I get in when there's no line." So all of a sudden, I, I got a cigar in the ashtray. He stumps the cigar right on my head, but it wasn't lit. He says, Ooh. is that right? Boom, right on my head. He crushes the cigar. I pick up a fop. I lunged at him, and I just barely missed his neck. Ooh. And there was... His brother says, you're dead. You went against your young brother. you made another time. I just fucked you, your brother, and your family, and who the fuck you know. <laughs> <laughs> George was up um, in the uproar. The police were there. And then in comes this kid, Johnny Sincardi. I don't know if you know him. Say, that Johnny
5: name sounds very familiar. Yeah, I think I did know him. Yeah.
2: yeah. He was uh, with a friend of mine, Ralphie Chong, you know, but he wasn't. Uh, uh, he was tied in with him, so he runs downstairs, he gets Ralphie on the phone, and Ralphie tells him, get, the, get Joe Bolero down there. And he tell, he tells Joe Bolero, get the fuck out of there if you know what's good for you. And he ran out the door. Wow. And then, uh, then we had a sit down, and Joe Bolero became my best friend.
5: Is that right?
2: Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got along with the Boleros. <laughs> yeah, at the at the at the sit down, the guy told him. He said, "You see this kid? He says, if anything, you see him in trouble, you go to help him. You hear me?" Yeah. That was what the That was when the 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 big guy was living down the in the north end, and he loved me, and he uh, he supported me all the way, and he right right, and that was. That was it. But I was supposed to be dead a long time ago, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> That's way back. That's way back, I'm
5: telling you. And
2: you, you know Rudy Gospels. Hey Skippy, you know who threatened to kill me? It was in the newspaper uh last week that uh Frankie Salemi.
5: Okay, yeah, yeah, of course I know, yeah, I heard him.
2: Oops. He tried to kill me too, and look at him—he's behind bars. Is that right? Wow. Yeah.
6: Wow. yeah. How, he was just. How did
2: you escape? There was how a did big spread in that one, Rudy, in Boston. Huh? You didn't get that yeah, in yeah, the he... news? Because yeah, yeah. somebody,
5: yeah, the... somebody yeah, sent I I me a newspaper. I saw it the, the other day. Newspaper. Yeah. Yeah, every, it was, yeah, it was all over the news. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I've been threatened a long time. I must have nine lives. I can with nine lives.
1: So, so, Rudy, how did you escape Salemi? How did that happen?
2: Salemi, so he's lucky he didn't get killed. Believe me when I tell you.
1: <laughs> 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 wow. <laughs> so Skippy, you realize what kind of a. You realize what kind of a great show we got here. What kind of a great story! <laughs> <laughs> I know,
5: I know. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out another name to uh, to Rudy. I don't know if he remembers uh, this person, but Rudy, do you remember a guy named Nick Santos? Nick,
2: Nick Santos. Santos. I think yep. I do. That name that name rings a bell.
5: Well, what happened? Nick Nick opened up a record store. In fact, more than one location. About
3: three, I
5: think. He had one um, on Boylston Street, you know, across the street from what was now the Prudential Center. But this would have been back in the late '60s, around the time you started. Uh, no, actually, wait a minute. Maybe it was uh, about, about now '70. I, I think I, I stand corrected. I think it wasn't late '60s. It was probably more like early '70s. And he had that location. He had one in Harvard Square. And he had one somewhere else. He ended up turning his locations over to Morris Levy. Sound familiar?
2: Yeah, Morris Levy. Yeah, well, uh,
5: that's that that's how Morris Levy got into the Boston market with strawberries because Nick Santos had those three locations.
2: So he took over those old kids?
5: Yeah, I think I think Nick was part of the gang, and then suddenly. After strawberries opened up and he started uh, adding more locations, uh, Morris Levy, um, Nick sort of ended up uh, disappearing. Oh, we didn't hear any more about Nick from then on. I don't know where he is. He could be in the east, could be in the East River with a a cement shoes. I don't know. (laughs) Morris
2: Levy, where is that? Oh, did he, did he, was he in the record business, or...
5: Yeah, Nick Santos was in the record business. He started out mm-hmm. selling schlock records, you know, uh, that, garbagey things that, 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 that he bought cheap and sold cheap. No,
2: I mean producing records, like, uh, was he in the uh, music no, business? You no,
5: know, Nick never produced anything, he, no, no, oh, he... he, sure. he, he I think he might have sure. done a little pimping. he might have done some pimping for a while. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: Everybody
5: didn't was two no. though.
0: <laughs> we, we had a major
2: sit on last week. Uh, Sunny Lovely. I don't know if you remember him. Sunny yeah, 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 uh, yeah, lovely.
5: Yeah, lovely. Yeah, yeah, Sunny Lovely. Yeah. We talked to him. I talked to him last time I was on, of course.
2: Yeah, nice guy. Nice guy.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Another guy that, no.
5: uh, another guy that turned up missing around that time or later on, was uh, Nat McKellar. Do you know Nat McKellar? Oh. He was a, he was oh. another associate of Morris Levy.
2: Oh, I don't, I don't you know.
5: That's yeah, he, he was in the record business. He actually had a record label, his own record label, but he worked for Morris, and uh, suddenly he just disappeared.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that, never to be heard from again. <laughs> but, you know, and the two of you... We're in the middle of this, Skippy White and Rudy Garino and both of you are still here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs>
5: I don't know. We're out last, <laughs> of you know. The ball. We we we're, know. We're,
2: Skippy, how old are nice?
5: you? Um, take a wild guess, and I'll tell you if you're right. Seventy-eight. Oh, it's well, i
2: seventy-eight. I'm Eighty-seven. got to be. You've got to be in the...
5: Late 60s. Oh, I wish I was. Now, <laughs> oh, I was I'm, little, I'm older than that. you got to remember now, I opened the record store in uh, 1961, only 55 years ago, and I had worked for Smiling Jack for three years.
1: Wow, you're up at my age.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I am just hit 80.
1: Uh, how, how about, bless Congratulations. Yeah,
5: I hit the big 80. Uh,
1: Oh, you know, I'm
5: 87. How are you? You're 87?
2: Yeah, I'm yep. 87.
1: Okay. All right. So you got a few years on me.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know something, Tippy? <laughs> I got to say this. When we talked to Rudy if we yeah. put, we're going back and you know the beauty of this podcast stuff is it's all there and it's all recorded on the internet just automatically okay. and it's on iTunes and this stuff and at some point when we get a little money we're going to put these into transcripts so they're protected forever and they're also written but uh, when we started talking to Rudy a year ago and the Rudy today Rudy got about 10 years younger right Rudy oh yeah <laughs> they
2: brought back all the memories and everything and I just keep living uh, the sugar shack dream. Remember?
5: Yeah, well the, gra- the great thing is that Rudy's got a fabulous memory. He, he still rem- yeah, he's yes, still he's still got does. all that all that uh great memory that uh and he's able to recall all these events that happened. It's
2: a you shame know, that we uh, never
5: it's
2: a shame we never filmed them, Skippy. We would have been zillionaires.
5: <laughs> yeah, that's true.
1: That's right. you know what? So the thing Somebody's is, Rudy, is uh, Skippy, Rudy. Every week, Rudy's Somebody's... memory gets better.
5: Yeah, yeah. I, I know.
2: Some of these, you know, the Channel Ten called called me and uh, wanted to know if I had any film on them. I says, "No, I'm sorry," uh, because the show Skippy was so fantastic. You can't you can't imagine the choreography, the the the. The uniforms, the clothes that the artists wore on stage, it was phenomenal. It was unbelievable. They danced, they sang, the band, this. If I ever filmed that stuff, boy, today I'd be just as big as uh, Dick Clark, because he filmed all that stuff.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
2: We didn't film any of it. What a shame.
5: Now you don't have have any uh, video from, from any of the Sugar Shack days, huh? Oh,
1: and well, no, a, and it not, is. We know there's films. There's films. There's films of the stylistics. Okay. Now,
2: now one person ever mentioned in my organization, let's film this stuff. Not one.
4: Yeah. Wake me up to fact.
2: You know, I never... I was so busy, I used to do everything. I had to protect the joint. I had to buy the axe. I had to run the joint. I had to, um do the advertisement, do the payroll, everything. I just, you know, wasn't yeah. thinking.
5: Yeah, well, you were busy, obviously. I mean, to run a place like that, I mean, to to book all those acts, you gotta, you you had to be busy, like a one-eyed paper hanger. Yeah,
2: one one uh, so-called uh, good fella told me one day. He says, "Hey, you know, you got a lot of nice people around you." I says, "I don't need nice people around me. I need brains." I need a
0: little
2: help. <laughs> That's right. You got that right. I don't, I don't need strength. I don't need
1: strength. I need brains. Yep. You needed you someone know. to really hey Rudy, to help with. Rudy, you mentioned yeah, the big guy just, was living. Hey, Rudy, you mentioned the big guy was living in Boston at the time. Was that Patriarca or was that in Julo?
2: Oh, yeah, Anjulo and I were very friendly. I used to drive him around when I was a kid.
1: Right. So he when is... you said you had that meeting, was Anjulo at the meeting or was it Patriaca?
2: No. Oh, uh, no. I had one meeting with patriarcha's brother because he was in jail. Raymond was in the can. Oh. And I right. had another meeting you know, with... Uh, uh, I don't, I don't want to mention his name, but he's, he's passionate. okay He was a great, guy. uh, right.
1: But, okay. Uh, um, yeah, you know, I mean, mean, uh, well, I know the Boleros, didn't one of the Boleros become a lawyer? He became a criminal lawyer, Yes, right? yes, yes. Uh, Joe Bolero was a lawyer. He that was, was his
2: lawyer. relative. Oh, that was his relative, but he was a smart kid. He was a good lawyer.
1: Yeah, he got he got a lot of people I, off that he probably so, shouldn't. Have. So it wasn't that <laughs> it wasn't that Joe Bolero put the cigar in your head.
2: No, Joe Bolero was the the oldest. He
1: right. was the lead
2: of oh, okay. the gang. He was the leader of okay. his brother. He had about six brothers.
1: He had about five or six brothers. Yep. Okay. Because I met the lawyer a couple of times. He was good friends of uh, mine. Um, uh, who, who is an artist up in in uh, Rockport? God rest his soul, and um, yeah, it was a very a big gentleman. Yeah, he was a good good guy. The lawyer was, yeah, yeah. He was a
2: relative of this, but he wasn't a, he wasn't
1: one of the brothers. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Wow, interesting stuff. You know, I'll tell you what happened when you first got on the air with us today, Skippy yeah I got a call from some telemarketer and it kicked me out of the studio, and I thought the whole show got aborted and I went to the help desk and they helped me get back on board. It was just my phone that went out, so I missed it, but obviously, you guys talked about this miracle I call it a miracle of cooling the gangs you know go over to the Arizona Charlies and sit down and be filmed with with Rudy yep, yeah, yeah I mean just. Amazing. I mean, I'm, this is, to me, this is so monumental and so significant. Um, I'm getting, uh, I have a friend who, you know, my there. but uh, I got my friend who's George Albrecht, who owns Woburn Foreign Motors, has supplied us with uh, tickets all along to film. And uh, so I'm going to go out there with, uh, and get this Dan Bootsy film. It's, we're getting some great footage here, Skippy.
5: Great, great, Okay.
1: You know, and again, now, you you're get on, to a point
5: on where you're going to edit this stuff, uh, and 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 get to a point where you know you you're nearing completion of this uh, project.
1: You know, we talk about this almost uh, monthly, and one of the things that, you know, we, uh, we well, well, first of all, George, who was in this, George got ill. And decided that he can't take keep on with the project, so we have a new documentarian. You know, the, part of the problem is is the funding. We don't have any funding, so we're all. This is a labor of love right now. Yeah. And um, so, but we do have a new documentarian, and in fact, I'm going to go visit George next week and get the files, all of the files of all the films we have, and we'd like to do some kind of an edit. You're absolutely right. Something that can act as a trailer or a teaser, and. um You know, something. But you know, I guess to answer your question, the the ante keeps going up and up and up. We get what's happened is we're talking about this becoming not only a document documentary, but a documentary series, because it's just it's endless. Yeah, because you you have so so much footage now. Oh yeah, we got over eight hours of footage, and you know, when we go out there, we'll probably come back with another hour anyway. And um, you know, and there's so many side stories, just like today, talking about you know the boleros, and you know, and uh, you know, we had spent two hours with with Sonny uh, Lovelace alone, and he's got more stories. We haven't filmed him yet, so this just keeps getting deeper and wider and longer, and we got to. One of the people that's evaded at us for a while, which has been a little evasive, has been Gladys Knight. And I just looked in uh, online last night, and she's going to be at the Lynn Auditorium October 1st. Oh. So we're hoping we get a shot with her. So I guess the answer is, and then um, Jackie Wilson's son, uh, yeah. um, which we we'll call it Lou Rawl's son, and uh, David Ruffin Jr. are all going to be... Re- uh, rec- uh, playing at the North Shore Music Circus on September 11th. So we're going to go up there and get that footage. So I guess the answer is... Uh, w- yeah, you're right. At some point, we'll have to. We're waiting for Jay Leno. And we're I, I, our two main shots right now are Jay Leno, Stevie Wonder, and Gladys Knight. And I think if we get those three along with Cool and the Gang and Bootsy and everything else, we've got a great film. Yeah. And that could probably be just the first one with you know, subsequent films in development after that.
5: Great, great.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's it it sounds like, like it,
5: everything
1: is. The problem is, filming, you know? uh, Go ahead, go ahead, Rudy. The problem is, as
2: soon as you get ready to try and do somebody, somebody like Cool and the Gang pops
0: up. Yeah. <laughs> and, <That's funny. laughs> it's good, Skippy. I guess what we're
1: saying, we got good problems.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: Well, as a matter of fact, that leads me to another question, Rudy. Have you ever sat down and got a piece of paper and a pencil and listed down
1: all the acts that you booked? Yeah, yeah, we got it. In fact, you know something? I'll, I'll, uh, I see your email here, and I'm going to, I got your card in front of me, Skippy. I will email you that list. Oh,
5: that would be great, yeah, because maybe there's some people on there that I might know or we might be able to get in touch with that that you haven't got in touch with yet. Yeah, we got an
2: opportunity. You wouldn't believe, believe, Skippy. There's only a few soul acts that got away from me. Marvin Gaye went to Europe. Otis Redden. I was negotiating with his brother, Roger. You claim you knew him, huh?
5: Yes, I know Roger's uh, Redding and uh, well Otis. I had been to his uh, ranch. Yes.
2: Yeah, Roger Redding was a great guy. We were we were almost put the deal together, but he ended up having that accident. Yeah. And, uh And uh, the temptations broke up, and I got the two lead singers, David Ruffin and Eddie Kendricks. And Diana Ross became too big. Aretha
5: Franklin became too big. And that's about it. In more ways than one, too, Uh, Aretha. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) She definitely became... She was
1: just at the... She was just at the tent here, right down the street from me. She was at the uh, Bank Pavilion. Yeah. Okay. Who was that?
5: Yeah.
2: Aretha Franklin. Aretha Franklin. And I knew her manager, Aretha, very well. Ruthie Bowen,
5: yeah. You remember? Her? No, I don't the... remember. I don't remember the manager. Except the only the manager I remember that she had was uh, the guy that I think she married, Ted White.
2: Oh no, Ruthie Bowen was a manager and her agent. She ran the Queen Booking, the Queen
5: Booking
1: oh,
2: agency.
1: Oh, yeah,
5: I remember Queen Booking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They then, had all the... Ted White. I think I think they married. This would have been back in the '60s. He used to beat her up all the time.
2: Yeah, right. He was uh, a yeah, he beat her up a lot of times.
5: Yeah, yeah. I I, I remember going to a DJ convention uh, in the '60s, and Aretha was there. And uh, when she when she passed me, she was sloppy drunk. I mean, yeah, barely uh, barely able to stand.
2: Then she blew up like a balloon.
5: She got fat as
2: anything.
1: Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's tough. No. They, they, these these guys, you know, they're so talented. They deal with such problems, you know. I know, yeah. I know. A
5: lot of them do. I mean, uh, a lot uh, and a lot of the women they just pick the wrong guys.
1: Right?
5: Uh, yeah. You know they.
1: Okay. You know my. Uh, <laughs> a gal I know had a book called uh, Why Men Love Bitches, and it was a very popular book a couple of years ago. And. And it's been hanging around the house here, and I looked at it, and then one day it hit me, and I said, for the same reason that women love bastards.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: the, world, the world is crazy.
5: <laughs> Rudy, did you ever have Mary Wells at the club?
3: Uh,
2: Mary
5: Wells, my guy. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, I, never, I don't think so. I don't
5: oh, think okay. so. Oh, okay. Never had her, huh? Okay. I've had Marco's in Boston a number of times. I had
2: Martha yeah, okay. Reeves.
5: Yeah. You remember
2: Martha Reeves and the Vandellas?
5: Oh, of course. So, yeah, Martha and the Vandellas, yeah.
2: Martha was the secretary for Motown.
3: Yeah.
5: And
2: one day they had a record, and they didn't know who to use it. They used her, and she became, she she got her first hit. I think it was uh, Jimmy Mack.
5: Yeah, well, she had some hits before Jimmy Mack, but that was a big one. Well, that was one
2: of them. One, one of the hits, they had, and then she left the secretary job and she became a singer. That's what she yeah. told me Yeah. When she was yeah.
5: up yeah. You know, I was thinking about Mary Wells because we were talking about Aretha and the fact that Ted White uh, beat her up. And, and uh, Mary Wells was with uh, Cecil Womack, Bobby's brother, and he used to beat uh, Mary Wells up.
1: Yeah.
2: Terrible. Yep. Bobby. You did you know that, Bobby? You know, uh, right. Chuck.
5: Jimmy. Did you know Bobby Womack? Oh, of course.
2: He was a great guy. He, uh, he I love that. Guy.
3: Yeah,
5: yeah. He was. He was a. Uh, he was very talented. Uh, you yeah. know, too too much into the drugs, of course, but. Yeah, he was very soulful singer. He was a good soulful singer boy. Now, now, did you have him uh, there?
2: Yeah, I had Bobby uh, a couple of times.
5: Oh, okay, great, 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 yeah.
2: Did you ever have oh, him in your store? or Tom will send you the artist list.
5: Yeah, yeah I got to send gotta you see the artist, artist list. list. Yeah, no, Bob, Bobby never made it to uh, an in-store. We never had an in-store. I mean, I've seen him a number of times. I met him, yeah. and I've seen him, but I, he never made it into the store. Uh, What about Solomon Burke?
2: Yeah, Yeah, yeah. we
5: we had him. We had him.
2: Solomon Burke.
5: I had an in-store with Solomon Burke, and, you know, he got so big that when he came into the store, I had to get two chairs for him to sit down. (laughs) I'm telling you, we put two chairs side-by-side for Solomon Burke to sit down, one for each cheek. <laughs> he must have played when he the Sugar Jack. He was like a monster. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. But he probably you know, in uh, those days he wasn't that big, right? Uh uh, he was big when he came to the sugar <laughs> jack. I remember him. Oh, mean, he was you still pretty big then, huh? Yeah, had, had the Chambers brothers. Yeah, I remember the Chambers brothers, yeah. Okay. I think they were in Cambridge. Weren't they a local group or something? No, I don't think they were local. They might have appeared in Cambridge a lot, but I don't think they were actually local that I know of. Okay. Well, when you get that list, maybe we'll get
2: back on the air again and uh, we can uh, review some of the stars.
5: Yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea because, uh, yeah, We'd there's probably a lot of green. people. When I see the list, there's some people there I've seen and I know and, I, I could probably give you some more stories.
1: Yeah, uh, you we know, could when you guys, up. I tell you, when you two get together on this show, it's classic. I mean, this is one of the stuff that I want to put into transcription and maybe even publish as a book because you two guys uh, bring up the history not only of Boston, but the history of soul music. I mean, this is classic, classic, beautiful. I mean, this stuff is historical. So thank you, both of you, for, for doing this.
5: No problem.
1: No problem is right any
5: time. Yep, that's right. You know that's something,
1: right, let uh let's, uh, I want to play, while you brought him up, this is a great clip because it incorporates everything you just said about Solomon Burke. This is Solomon yeah. Burke with the Rolling Stones. And hmm. they loved Solomon Burke, and they, you know, they did, uh, everybody needs somebody um, so let's. Want, you got a second, Skippy? I'll play this a little bit. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. How, how long is the clip? Here we go. Yeah, it's a, It's go only th- two minutes. A couple two. Minutes. Okay. Yeah.
6: We're gonna do one for you. This is a song we used to do. We used to open our shows with this long, 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 long time ago. And this tune was written by Solomon Burke. You saw it earlier. It's called Everybody Needs Somebody to Love. <laughs> Big opening his big mouth and this great voice on the me, I'm just watching it and laughing. You know, because I mean, first of all, I could feel the stage starting to sag. I mean, Solomon's about 500 pounds. 600 pounds of joy. I tried to shake his hand on the stage, but the, the stage was going up and down so much, I couldn't even get near him. This <laughs> is so funny. And when he starts to move, you could feel the planks going like this. You know. I
0: remember just seeing him play in the chair. And he was sitting in the chair. Is fantastic. You, yeah. this creature, dear, yeah. dear, 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 you, 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 You,
1: So there it is, the Rolling Stones, Mick yeah. Jagger and Keith Richards talking about the size of Solomon Burke. You know, <laughs> he said six hundred um, pounds. Woo Yeah, yeah. I didn't <laughs> think he weighed
5: quite that much. I, I, I remembered he was I thought he was about four fifty. They said so, Yeah, he got up there. Yeah.
1: Wow Yeah, he in he gave um in that clip he gave Jagger, of course, who weighs about sixty pounds soaking wet, he put he took his cape off Solomon Burke did, and put it put it on Jack, and Jack almost fell down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the cape probably was, weighed quite a bit. Well, probably weighed a hundred pounds.
5: <laughs> yeah. Well, when when uh, he came to uh, the House of Blues, uh, remember the old location in Harvard Square?
3: Yeah. 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 Well, they
5: they booked, they booked him. It's a few years ago they they booked him uh on a Saturday and a Sunday now on Saturday he sang all the rhythm and blues songs, and on Sunday he did gospel and in fact they yeah. had the m c i was there I was there both nights i emceed and brought him on stage and boy, he was something else because every time you bring him on, he wants to come in a different way. he don't want to just you know walk up yeah he's he's got to come in a like if there's a back stairways, he will go down the back stairways and then come up, uh, like right beside the stage, or he'd find a different way of coming on. That's the way Solomon was. But uh, it was great. We were upstairs in the in the dressing room and talking uh, to Solomon Kimberson about you know all the old uh, records and the years that that I had known him in the business. And uh, he's a great guy to talk to. He's unbelievable. Talk about he a guy with well, stories, Solomon, Solomon, Solomon had some old stories. Is oh, he still living? No, he's, he died uh, a couple of years ago. As a matter of fact, he was booked in, I think it was Switzerland, and he flew over there. He got off the plane, and right after he got off the plane, he had a, he fell down, he had a heart attack, and died.
1: You know, uh, we can figure
5: that as as much overweight as he was, you know, that was a that was a heart attack waiting to happen.
2: Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. What's that? What age was he,
1: do you, you
5: know? know? Uh Solomon uh, I'm sure he was in his uh mid to late seventies.
1: God bless him. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the problem. That's how General Levert, Eddie Levert's kid, died the same way. He was so yeah, overweight. that's right. You know, a lot of times but he point, was only in his forties. Well,
5: he was only forty-five, something like that. Yeah. yeah, he was overweight. Yeah, I, 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 that's happened to a lot of people I, that I've I've known. As a matter of fact, that that people have, overweight people uh, they have that problem, and uh, the, the the weight is too much for their heart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, true. That's. That Wade will kill
5: you. Yeah, but Solomon was fantastic on stage. He was an improviser, and I'll tell you one thing. When, when he put that band together that came to the uh, House of Blues, he hand-picked the best musicians in the country and put them together. Wow. He got, um, what the heck's that guy's name? Um, oh, I'm trying to think about the drummer. He had that, that really great drummer. Um And the guitarist was fabulous. Everybody in his band was hand-picked musicians.
1: And they were all great. Wow. You know, it's the guys that pay that much attention to detail. I mean, you know, again, you know, Skippy, you and Rudy, when you get together, I mean, these these shows become electric because there's such knowledge and experience. You know, I kept telling Rudy that you know, Rudy, in the days when boomboxes first came out, everybody, and remember Leachmere Sales, that was the big thing, stereo, uh, high, you know, high fives came out, and you went over yeah. and you got a stereo, and you, it was so important, and I laughed, I said, Rudy, everybody was at Leachmere Sales buying a stereo system, and you had a, had the, the best stereo system in, in Boston. Sure. And, lovely in the East Coast, you had the best stereo system with the best music. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Rudy had his own his own band. <laughs> Every night he got to listen to the best music in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Well, he booked the best music in the world. Yeah. Well,
2: yeah, and, uh, it's a pleasure, gentlemen, and we gotta continue this once we get well, the
1: we have so much fun, and uh Skippy, thank you so much and you know we we, we want you uh, we, we want, we're going to use you deep in this you know, just be a little patient with us, please, because it's good news what's happening is good news we're um, we're getting bigger and better here this is not yeah. you know this is no tiny film this is a big film, you know, and the fact that we're getting these acts at the end of their careers. And that they're still vibrant and still performing. They're still in in vogue. And the fact that, you know, the the meaning of this, that these four guys are going to take time out of their schedule to come and see Rudy and hang out, Um, this is an epic, to me, this is an epic moment, and we're going to capture it. And, you know, we're going to, Skippy, there's so many, you know, I'm learning a lot about storytelling and filmmaking, and there's what they call so many emotional beats to this film, we're going to have people, I mean, we got George Clinton and people will be off their seats on the floor laughing at Clinton and other guests who've, who've been on and, uh, and then we'll have them crying at the same time when you have Walter Williams getting six inches from the camera and looking in and said I said, say something about Rudy. He goes, oh, well, I gotta say this, he says, because Rudy was a couple of years old than us, about ten years, he says Rudy was a father to me. And he said, without uh, the opportunities he presented to us at the Sugar Shack, without Rudy Guarino, and he's looking six inches from that camera, he said, without uh, Rudy Guarino, I would not be the performer I am today. And then he got quiet, uh, and he got even closer to the camera. And he says, without Rudy Garino, I would not be the man I am today. And That's saying a have, lot. That's saying a lot, Rudy. Man, that, yep, yeah, and that's what Rudy... Rudy keeps shrugging it off, but you can't shrug it off, Rudy. The fact that four guys of the stature of the Cooling Gang, Skippy, I'm looking at the stats here, on. They filmed them in two years ago, their 40th anniversary. Uh, yeah. Skippy, a billion views on YouTube. Is that right? Wow. A billion, over a billion, 100 million views for these guys. Yeah. That's how powerful yeah. they are. And the fact that they're going to come down the strip and hang out with Rudy, Rudy and we're going to capture it on film, that alone is, huh. is a great story.
5: Now, Tom, uh, when, when something like that happens, when Kool and the Gang comes down to where Rudy is, do you fly out there and, and be
1: part of it? Oh, yeah, I'm going. I'm, I got tickets and I'm headed out.
5: Oh, okay. yeah, I don't okay. want to
1: miss this one. Yeah, of I mean, course not. They could handle it out there. They've got somebody with the camera. But no, I don't, are you kidding? Why would I? <laughs> if you were able to go, Skippy, would you go too? <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. This is a that's a big not, one. That sounds this great. i a big I one. It, 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 well, and, well it's it's Skippy, we're so happy. You add so much to the show. You're a wealth of knowledge. I, I tell everybody that. You know, once we get through with this, God knows what's going to happen because, you know, we're going to – this is a big film. And I would love – Skippy, every time we get you filmed, and we're going to be back there to film you more, you yourself, my friend, are worthy of a documentary. You really are because you've got so much knowledge, and I want to keep that preserved. So that's not not in our target range. It's definitely in our target range to someday – do a, a documentary about you. In fact, uh, Barbara Barrow-Murray at BNN-TV, when I mentioned your name and we recorded you, she says, you know, I've always wanted to do a documentary about Skippy White.
5: Yeah, I think I met her uh, more than a year ago, a couple of years ago, and she mentioned that to me. He, she mentioned that to me at the time. But here's what i got to tell you a little bit on the personal side. Um, mm. you, you, When you came to the store and filmed... The interview with me, um trying to think that was almost a year ago, wasn't it, or well, it was
1: like out uh, of January eight or something.
5: months, ten months
1: yeah yeah,
5: eight, eight ten months ago, right yeah. um, I had a beard, right, yeah, I don't have a beard anymore.
1: Oh, good. we'll, we'll <laughs>
5: come by and get a new shoot. <laughs> That's right. Here's, see, here's what happened. What happened was the reason I had a beard was because I had, be, I think I told you that I had been sick. I had been in the hospital. They found blood clots, and I had a blood clot in my right lung and my left leg, and I was in the hospital for about a week, then I was home for about a month, they put me on blood thinning medication, and the one thing they tell you don't cut yourself with a razor or anything else because you may not stop bleeding. So oh, I, I didn't shave. For six months, I didn't shave. Oh, wow. <laughs> but back in April, I went to the doctor, they checked the blood, and they said your, your blood clots have dissolved. You don't have to take the medication anymore, which means you don't shave.
0: Beautiful.
5: So I'm, I am clean shaven now, <laughs> so i Well, well we're I'm gonna perfect.
1: come back and, and well, we're gonna come back and tape you again, and we're still, you know, we're still talking about having you uh, narrate this this film as well, and you okay, are definitely course, in yeah. the film, my friend. And you're gonna be surrounded by amazing, amazing artists and stories. This yeah. Is, you know, it's so funny because you know nobody's made any money. In fact, just the opposite. It's been money out of our own personal pockets to do this, but there's, yeah. you know, I'm a believer in destiny and passion, and, you know, when a story like this, this story has to be told. It's too big yeah. a story not to share with the world, and you Absolutely. are a big part of this, Skippy, so thank you so much.
5: All right, no problem. I'm here uh, anytime you need
1: me. All right, care, we're going to sign off with Sugar Chef. Yeah, All we're right, going
5: to
0: sign three. off. Always, Rudy, always thank a
6: pleasure, you so much, Rudy. Guys. Good to talk to you. Likewise, Jimmy. Okay. Take care. All right. Thank yeah. you. We'll be talking. We'll chat. There's a crazy little shack beyond the tracks. And everybody calls it the Sugar Shack. Well, it's just a coffee house made out of wood. Expresso coffee tastes mighty good. That's not the reason why I've got to get back up to that sugar shop. oh baby, to that sugar shop. There's this cute little girlie, she's a work.
0: And her feet are
6: bare I'm gonna drink a lot of coffee Spend a little cash Make that girl love me When I put on some trash You can understand why I've gotta get back To that sugar shack Oh baby To that sugar shack Yeah honey To that sugar shack Oh yes to that That sugar shack queen Is married to me, yeah We just just sit around And dream of those old memories Ah, but one of these days I'm gonna lay down tracks In the direction of that sugar shack Just me and her, yes We're gonna go back Up to that sugar shack Yeah, honey, do I
0: sugar? Yeah, oh
1: yes, do I sugar? Thank you. Well, Rudy, that was a great show.
2: Yeah, it sure was. It gets better and better, Tommy Boy.
1: (laughs) And Rudy, I gotta tell you. Again, I said to Skippy today, we started these what in May of two thousand and fifteen, and you sound stronger, more vibrant, more energetic every week. God bless you, this is I'm so pro- I'm so happy and proud of you that this event is going to take place. This is a so much so, Rudy, that I got my friend to donate a couple of plane tickets for me and a little cash. George Albrecht, Wuben Foreign Motors, God bless them, and uh, to fly out because I have to be there to see this fantastic thing that's going to happen in Las Vegas, and uh, we're going to have a great time with this.
2: Yeah. Okay, uh, Tom. So uh, you know, if we uh, if we could get a documentary going like. Uh... A movie with the home box albums, we could have Skippy White's store doing the records, the the act store oh, yeah. back and forth, the music Rudy store, the and everything.
1: It could tie right. in this real good. Franchise. There's no end to this. There's no end to this, my friend. This book, this
3: yeah, story, documentary.
1: Yeah, if we yeah, had a bankroll week, we have. It'll come. The money's going to come. We're going to do a a movie, a play, a musical. It's all fabulous. All right. Take care, Tom. All right. Thanks, Rudy. I'm going to give you a call after the show. I'll call you in a few minutes. Okay. I want to thank everybody for being on board. You just heard a, a massive show with two of the great, greats in soul music in Boston history, Skippy White and Rudy Garino. Thank you, everybody, tuning in. God bless you, and please come back next week and listen to past and future podcasts. What a! I'm simply in awe, simply in awe. Thank you.